electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber has the morning off. August begins coming off the best month for stocks since 2020 and a big week ahead. 150 S&P earnings, 30% of the consumer, ISMs, OPEC Plus, and a jobs number. Futures are weak. Oil's down a few bucks. Our roadmap begins with the July stock rally, notching the best month since 2020. But... Bill Dudley warning against wishful thinking in, uh, on inflation. Boeing shares are rallying, uh, strikes averted, and the FAA clearing the resumption of those Dreamliner deliveries. And Target upgraded at Wells, calling it oversold, says it could jump nearly 20% from here. We'll start with the markets after uh, entering August for a, with a bullish July for stocks. Jim, best month, as we said, in a couple of years. Best July since 1939. Uh, uh, it was all incredible because it was supposed to be terrible. We were supposed to be hit badly by uh, both the Fed, which hit us with everything it had, three quarters, and by earnings. And the, uh, the beat of earnings, as Dave Costin points out, an excellent piece last time from Goldman, is not as great as it has been, but it's still great. So uh, I, I think things went according to plan of a bull market, not a bear market. And I think it shocked a lot of people. But the denial of, of what's happened in July and the desire to fade it, is so palpable that I almost feel it's it's uh, contrived. 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 Meaning what? Meaning that the bears, a lot of times, it, when you get a at least a temporary bottom that could be tested, but uh, just say, listen, that was just all an aberration. And I think that if you go back over the great Peter Lynch when you ran Magellan Fund, he would tell you that there's really four or five days a year that pivot, and that if you're not staying in the market the whole time, you're going to miss those. And I feel that's what happened in July. People. The bears did not touch July, they, or they shorted July. And July turned out to be much better than we thought, given the circumstances. I thought about you last night because Yardeni had a good piece. To your point, he said uh, they were making the case that, yeah. July, that June 16th was the low. Yeah, I think Yardeni's you know, There's think no Yardeni's reason to think great. that's wrong so far. No, I thought that was a great piece, and I, I get his stuff, uh, the Sunday night piece. Uh, and I just feel like, yeah, I, it, that low, again, in September... Look, the Fed comes back September. Uh, you're going to start talking about what happens in the election, and we don't know. But it looks like 30 seats to be won by the Republicans. So what happens if you have both houses of Congress uh, Republican? What does that do? Uh, to me, some people might say, well, wait a second. It's just going to make it so nothing happens. I would say nothing happens is good. But there are a lot of people who just feel like, you know what, we got to wait to see what happens. And wait to see is always uh, okay when it comes to the Fed, but maybe not okay when it comes to politics. Yeah. Although um, midterm years have a history of doing better doing once better. you once you clear out that. Yes, that's why I say it could go down and then back up. But I think that the June 16th pivot, along with the way that, uh, you know, you've got November, October, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. I'm going to get eight months. That's the length of a bear market. So the people calling for an extended bear market, really just think that the Fed loses. I think that's a very bad bet. Um, that inflation has not peaked. That's a bet that I've made uh, against. But they'll win on Friday because the one thing that is strong is employment. 
I mean, unless Am- you know, Amazon lays off 100,000 people but doesn't have a ripple, it's pretty amazing. I mean, usually that would be the headline for weeks. Right. What's Amazon going to do next? Yeah, we'll see. The jobs number is going to be key. I think yes. consensus has a two-handle. We won't get ADP because they continue to refine their methodology after having a series, gym of head fakes on yeah. ADP. That's, that's bad. Oh. Um, suboptimal. Yeah. Um, but um, we'll, we'll pay attention to, as you said, the view that Dudley's got an op-ed on Bloomberg today saying that, as we said, wishful thinking on no. inflation doesn't help Powell at this point. No, but you know, look, OK, so food, we know that Ukraine, they've been able to get through. There's a lot of, of, of grain coming. We know, by the way, that the refiners got crushed and refinery margins means what the consumer's going to pay, uh, which means that while Chevron has, you know, big upstream, big downstream. If you're Valero, you don't want to be in these, these stocks. I mean, I really think that, that people don't understand. Oil's come down substantially uh, from the price at the pump. The 10 years come down substantially, which would normally you know, say that things are running too hot. And I just think that the people who are, the people, the people who are now fighting the Fed and fighting the tape, in the same way that in November, if you were bullish, mm. you fought the Fed and you fought the tape. You don't want to be against when it switches, because when it switches, is always just an unbelievable time when the tenure starts going down. I mean, everything's going the way of the bulls. Yeah, check Can't out, they see that? Check out crude today, 94, as right. we are a few days out from OPEC+. Plus. And the, you know, inventories for chips, I thought that was really Oh, my God, South Korea, the stockpiling of chips, highest in six years. I know. So, look, food is problematic. But and the trade down is also powerful. There's a great story in the journal today about going to Dollar General for Dollar Tree for food. But I, I look at things and just say, OK, so food hasn't come down yet. But if the, if the employment picture gets it all cloudy, then people will trade down and they'll find ways to get food uh, because they always do. I think food is a really slim read to hang your, your hat on. Your inflation hat. I think that I look at the chemicals, all the chemicals being downgraded, because that's, remember, that's what we do in this country, is we take things and we put it in chemicals. Yeah. Um, to that point, uh, interesting, you know, Tom Lee always likes to light fires. He did point out last night that the Cleveland Fed inflation tracker is tracking July CPI at under three-tenths. That would be 3% annualized, lowest in over a year. Well, that would be, um, there are some... I, Going back and forth with Larry Williams, I regard as a great market historian. M2 crushing. M2 just getting just M2 is just going down like lumber. So uh, I think that there's a lot going for the for the bulls, but the the look the cash carry comments are being interpreted by the bears worse than you know. Look, I happen to love the show The Bear, but that's the only good thing about the bears right now, Chef. <laughs> uh, you mentioned cash carry talking to the Times on uh, Friday night, and I think on Face the Nation um, over the weekend. In fact, I think we have some sound of what he said about the Fed's mission and trying to get inflation back to two. Take a listen. It's very concerning. You know, we keep getting inflation readings, new data that comes in as recently as this past week, and we keep getting surprised. It's higher than we expect, and it's not just a few categories. It's spreading out more broadly across the economy, and that's why the Federal Reserve is acting with such urgency to get it under control and bring it back down. Is that expected coming out of the the Powell presser? You're going to have to have that offset? Well, it's why why they raised three quarters. The one thing I didn't understand was there's inflation spreading out because commodities certainly peaked. I mean, there isn't any commodity except for, you could argue, oil, and now maybe oil's down. 
Uh, travel prices have peaked. So I don't, I don't know. Look, I think Neil's unbelievable. And I know he's known as a dove. But I also know that let's see what the three quarters does. I mean, housing's rolling over. What do they want? Autos, we got all the chips we want. So auto could be glutted in a nanosecond. What do they want to have happen? They want to go to the store and they want to see the bread lower. And then they want to go out and see the circus lower. Uh, no, bread and circus are high. Yeah. Uh, Journal's got a piece about apartment rents. Up 9.4 in the quarter, but that's down from 11-plus the prior. Brian Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America, said that could be the Achilles heel, that rents aren't going down fast enough. And then, boom, we see that rents could be going down. Again, the onus is on the bears to show us where inflation's getting hotter. Uh, now, there'll be some number on Friday. It'll be like restaurant hiring or something. But I, I have to tell you that it's you know, this is... In November, the bulls stuck by their price targets, and they were slaughtered. And we're still getting price targets cut from November. But now the bears, the onus is on the bears, particularly after last week when we saw the resurrection of Ang. Ah, you're taking it out? You're taking the F out? <laughs> some, yeah. Some of these charts of, of Fang, and the, the bottom line, the, the lower line is meta. Well, I think that meta, look, I mean, I, I think that we all know, we check seven times a day, but people aren't posting. It's like I check, it's like, oh my, that, I saw that post. <laughs> I, don't, I saw that post, give me a new post, but I don't want, I still want posts by friends there. Now, TikTok, I'm willing to have posts by anybody, so therefore Reels could be the same thing, but Reels monetize less. But yes. we, if I were at, at Meta, I would say, listen, while I'm waiting for the Metaverse to really kick in the Quest, we got to figure out ways to get people to post more. And that I don't know how to do. I mean, it's like Twitter, like Pinterest after the close. Like, are people just saturated, not, in, not as interested in posting? I, I, I post on Instagram all the time, but maybe yeah. I'm an outlier. I post in my garden. Uh, I post to my wife making camp. But I'm an outlier, I think. I think people don't post as much as they used to. It's it's an interesting. Certainly, Instagram has been through a couple changes, and now with the Kardashians complaining, well, and I thought that was important. To, yeah. As crazy as it is, I mean, not that they're the great arbiters, but I do find Carl that it's almost as if I don't know. It's not that the posters are on strike, but they just don't seem to want to put stuff up as much. Right. And I I think that's really at the crux of what's going on is I, I until they switch to more. Uh, more Quest, and I think Quest isn't ready yet, as cool as it is. Uh, I, I look at the FTC blocking, making Quest even better. But I just think, how do you get it so people, like, say, you know what, I really want to start posting more. What well, do you do? I, I mean, you have to go out and travel, right? Those are huge yes. feeds yes. For, your, for your feed. Right. And you have to you do, do something. Yeah. You have to do something. Right. I mean, but why, am I, why is my wife checking seven, t- seven times a day for something happening? When nothing's happening. I mean, you know, it's like nothing. There's like, wow, nobody, nobody's like doing watching anything. watching reruns, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just feel like, yes, it's like watching reruns. That you're checking far more than they're posting. Uh, I'm urging people, if you want that stock to go higher and you own it, post. There. We're going to talk more about, uh, about Meta and actually Alphabet as well in this memo I from like Peach. Uh, but in the meantime, Boeing is the biggest pre-market gainer on the Dow and the S&P. FAA is clearing the way for Dreamliner deliveries after a uh, pause last year. Phil LeBeau has details this morning. Hey, Phil. 
Hey, Carl, this is huge news for Boeing and Boeing investors like that they finally have the approval from the FAA for the resumption of 787 Dreamliner delivery. So let me tell you exactly what's gone down. We confirmed this through multiple sources over the weekend. The FAA has approved the inspection process for the manufacturing of 787 Dreamliners. That essentially means that they're saying, okay, when you build these, we like what you uh, have put in place here in terms of these protocols. Now you can resume deliveries, but each individual Dreamliner will have to be still approved by an authorized uh, FAA uh, regulator, somebody who's going to look at it. They're going to do an audit of that particular aircraft. And by the way, we've been down in Charleston. We've seen some of the work that they do in terms of checking the gaps to make sure that they are within specifications on each Dreamliner. So what does this mean in terms of the Dreamliner backlog in the inventory? Well, remember, delivery stopped in May of 2021. So they haven't been delivering these for 14 months. They 14 months. They have approximately 120 that are built but not yet delivered. They will start to clear out that inventory. By the way, as you take a look at shares of Boeing, that inventory worth about $25 billion. So this will help the cash flow, uh, not immediately. It's going to take some time. Remember, they've got some abnormal uh, production charges in there that they still have to burn off. But as you go into 23 and 24, that's where you really see the benefit in terms of the cash flow. The first delivery, likely in a few weeks, no specific date has been set at this point, and it's expected to go to American Airlines. By the way, American expecting to do to receive nine Dreamliners this year. And guys, we've talked about this before. The benefit of the Dreamliner deliveries resuming is that it comes at a time when you're going to start to see long haul traffic, the international national traffic, the, the routes that the Dreamliner is built for. They're going to start increasing here over the next couple of years. Perfect timing for the resumption of these deliveries. Phil, I got to tell you, this is something, it's a big win for Calhoun, obviously. Uh, next, I yes. would say, uh, is the the hope of a China deal, but with, uh, with Spe- House Speaker Pelosi flying around, I don't know if that's going to happen. But, you know, Phil, this, this, this is pretty huge. Remember when they first said this was going to happen, and it was a long time ago, and it was just a great amount of disappointment. Mm-hmm. But this may end the disappointment to carriers. And I think that's a big thing, don't you? Absolutely. You combine this with the stabilization of 737 MAX production at 31 a month, and perhaps that increases, let's say, middle of next year. They just want to stabilize it this year. That's the expectation, at least through the early part of next year. And then if you can increase that, oh, that's huge, Jim. And again, we're not going to see the huge benefit in terms of cash flow right away. There will be some benefit there. But they still have some charges there. It's in 23 and 24. That's where you really start to notice the benefit of this. And by the way, Boeing will be increasing 787 Dreamliner production. They're going to move up over the next year and a half because they're, what, their backlog in terms of orders, something like 450, 480, something like that. But they, they will start to burn that off. Uh, Phil, huge story, obviously going to help the Dow this morning, up 4%. Uh, appreciate that very much. That's our Phil LeBeau on the Boeing News today. As we go to break, uh, the U.S. said to be mulling a crackdown on Chinese chip makers. We're going to fill you in. Take a look at futures here. you got uh, some weakness in the pre-market. Oil's down 5% today, uh, below 94. And we'll preview some of the earnings coming at us in the next few days. Cat, Marriott, Uber, Lyft, uh, Paramount, AMC, and a lot more. Winsco Walk on the Street continues. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. 
like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. The U.S. reportedly considering a crackdown on memory chip makers in China. Sources telling Reuters this would involve barring U.S. shipments of chip-making equipment to Chinese memory chip manufacturers. And such a move also would protect U.S. chip makers Western Dig and Micron. We'll hear from the former later this week, Jim. And you mentioned uh, Pelosi's trip, which, although not specific, is expected to include a visit to Taiwan, which China has said would raise their hackles. Right. And I do think that there's this... This is somewhat related, I think, to Ukraine. You've got to make a stand if you're the Biden administration. Uh, but I also think that this is very bad news if they, they you know, all the big, everybody sends to China. I mean, or, or has some, some high, except for uh, ASMLF, which has been blocked because it's from the Netherlands. But, you know, you don't want, Lamb doesn't want this, and uh, Applied Materials doesn't want it, uh, KLA doesn't want it. So I feel, at the same time, by On Semi, which reported this morning, uh, the stock is, was had spiked last week. Uh, this is very much auto. is down 6%. So th- the chip market's all over the place. You've got South Korea with a glut. All I can tell you is, is that there's the wrong chips everywhere. I mean, like, we're finally getting... Uh, we don't have enough high-performance chips. That's what everybody was making. So that that's still okay. But I don't know where the on-semi chips go. I know Texas Instruments... They, they're, they're going to autos, but the autos are the, are, need them very badly. And I keep thinking, okay, you want to sell on semi? Well, you must think that autos are going to be in glut. I have Hertz on tonight. I think that autos are still seriously, seriously short. Uh, and Adam Jonas has a very positive note out today about that. But this on, on breakdown has to be watched. Uh, maybe it's spiked in advance, but... Uh, semis are really at the heart of what's going wrong right now. We don't know whether they're making the right ones. Uh, Intel is clearly making the wrong ones. People who take their cue from Intel, I think, are proven to be wrong. Uh, I think that Advanced Micro is going to be good, not bad, because they do high performance. People keep saying Advanced Micro is heavily related to PC. That's completely wrong. After the Xilinx deal, it's 10% or less. So if you extrapolate Intel to AMD, I think you're going to miss a good move. Right. You haven't been really phased by the loss of PCs, the loss no. of crypto. No. You think gaming and auto keeps you in the game? Well, gaming is going to be not great. And gaming is just, you know, we had Sony have bad gaming. We have Activision Blizzard. Tonight. That is, look, the Achilles heel of AMD will be gaming, as is NVIDIA. 
because gaming is slow. Uh, but I think that's why the stocks were cut in half. <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, the, the price action's been tough this year. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and count down to the opening bell. Take one more look here at the pre-market as we get that opening bell in just under 10 minutes. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Watching Target. In praise of Brian Cornell, CEO of Target, Wells Fargo says they took much gutsier action than everybody else, that they should be now clean of inventory. Uh, They're terrific. What you want to buy Target when the economy's slowing because they have great prices. Uh, They think that investors seem too bearish on the 2023 earnings recovery. This is the kind of thing that I think should frighten the bears. Because what it says is Cornell, who is such a smart guy, said, okay, look, I see the consumer slowing. I'm taking action. So the first, this point says, the first to recognize is also the first to see it turn. I like this very much. I think the Target's got a foundation for recovery. And, you know, when you speak to Brian, who is a really smart guy, he would say, listen, we really got it wrong. So we've just cleared the decks. We're taking the hit. I wanted to buy Ollie's Bargain story after listening to him. Uh, Ollie's Bargain being, I'm a member of Ollie's Army, but uh, there's only so many watermark books that you can buy from flood damage. Uh, but I do think that Brian Cornell is the one to watch. This stock, by the way, is selling at an absurdly low. It's at 15 times. This is Target. I mean, this is Target. It's one of the great merchants of our time. 12 times earnings for next year. Yep. So I like this call. Uh, I think Cornell deserves a lot of praise for taking the gutsy action. They, uh, they go to 195. Uh, yeah. They were, were 155. They do say uh, the inventory problems, they weren't alone. Ahem, Walmart, that's in the note. Well, we- some get it right. <laughs> Still not cutting them a break, are you? No. No, I'm not. No, I'm not because, and not because I'm not a nice guy, but t- Cornell said, listen, everything goes. And Walmart's dribbing and drabbing. So I just think that what you have to say is, I want to go with the company that took radical action. This was a radical acceptance, to use a psychiatric term, of the recognition of the consumer. And man, Cornell is smart. I mean, you know, when you speak to Cornell, he's like self-effacing. Whereas the Walmart people are like, just you wait. We'll see. We still got a lot of consumer guidance headed yes, our way we do. over the next five sessions. Opening bell coming up in a moment. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street 
Opening Bell podcast. Mark Zuckerberg reportedly said that Meta's growth forecasts had been too optimistic. According to Reuters, he told staffers late last week the company mistakenly expected a bump in usage and that revenue growth during the COVID-19 lockdowns would be sustained. Jim, kind of the echo of what Shopify said in their memo that we we made a bet that this was going to be uh, forever, in a sense? Yeah, a lot of companies, with the exception of, of Amazon, have been unable to recover. I wonder whether Activision Blizzard is going to show a bad number tonight. A lot of companies just didn't seem to realize that they were not, that it was a little more cyclical than they thought. Uh, not everybody's Weber. I mean, Weber's going to be in real, tr- is in real trouble. But I think that indoors versus going somewhere, going somewhere is the winner, indoors is the loser. And I, I just think that people just got to understand that we don't want to be indoors because it's too much like what we went through. I mean, that was the Netflix problem. Sure, if the weather's bad, but we're going to see Disney soon on August 10th. And they're going to be the arbiter. If people didn't, didn't go to the theme parks, I think that's wrong. Then I think you'll say, okay, well, maybe we hang out with Meta. But, and, and you said that the Meta's being exposed this week, NBC, but I think that they need to make it easier to use. And GameStop has to become the principal supplier of He did what I said with NFTs. Now he's got to do what I said with the great legendary Ryan Cohen, who, by the way, like nobody, nobody at Chewy's willing to affiliate with at all. Like, I'll ask Chewy, is but Jim, will you please stop saying he founded Chewy? I said, hey, all right, all right. I mean, ice cream, I don't know. Where exactly. is the guy? The ice cream. Where's the, Adam Aaron when you need it? The tweet that will never die. I mean, they, they had the guy from IMAX today. Rich? He, Rich Galvin yep. usually sits Yes, there. yes. But we uh, didn't have Adam Aaron, maybe. Get him later in the week. There's the opening bell. Uh, CNBC Real-Time Exchange here at the big board. Uh, it is consumer goods packaging company Silgan Holdings celebrating 25 years as a public company and its first day of trading at the NYSE. Oh, very good. At the NASDAQ, AFS Intercultural Programs, a global not-for-profit, ringing the bell for the first time in their 100-year history. Jim, seasonality in August is kind of neither here nor there. Right. Right? So we don't, it's not like we need to worry about seasonal historic trends. No, but in 87... Uh, the last week of August pretended uh, a really bad things to come. And they tried to hold it together in September, and they failed in October. So I, I care more about the last week of August when there were very, you know, in, in really bad times, at the end of August, you saw actual pre-announcements again. We didn't have many pre-announcements this time other than the, um, the horrendous Walmart yeah. one. Uh, well, and to, to that's in part why earnings estimates haven't really come in. Yes. Savita at B of A this morning does argue that earnings estimates, they need to they need to come in. Yes, I think they do. But I also think that stock prices have come in. So the stock prices preceded the uh, the earnings cuts, which then precede what you, you're just people just think you're de-risking, that there's been a lot that's de-risked, meaning that the stocks are ready for some disappointment. Obviously, if it's right in your face, like oil today, it doesn't matter. Uh, but Chevron had such a good number. You have to expect you know, Chevron being showing you that, look, you may think that oil is lower and it matters. But what will happen is, is that the numbers are going to be incredible. So will the numbers be considered the last bad, last good number is how I think they're interpreting refinery. Yeah. And that's uh, very positive for inflation, very negative for a lot of the oil and gas. I still think oil and gas in America is just extraordinary. And I don't think that you, very good article in, uh, in Bloomberg this weekend about how, forget it, that OPEC can't flood the world like you think they can. 
But this is very daunting, these declines in oil there. Very oh daunting. Gosh, we weak for a moment there. We cracked below 93. No, I, I, I've been saying for uh, my capital trust, we're long a lot of oil. Uh, you know, we're long about 9% oil because we just think that there's just not enough in the world. And that if China, this is, I think, reflective of China, reflective of PMI, reflective of a bunch of numbers. Yes, in, Ger- uh, we Germany retail. German retail sales worst on record. Spain factory. Yep. So people just feel like, look, oil's really uh, slowing down. But I think it's the demand side that's not as important as the supply side. Right. I want to see the supply side flood the world, and that has not happened. So you don't have high, big aspirations for OPEC Plus this week, for example? No, I don't think there's enough oil. I think this, just, I think this is very knee-jerk off data. Uh, and I do think that uh, there'll be people who want, again, once again, sell oil. Uh, and they should remember that the SPR uh, dump stops in October. Uh, and they should understand that we're still not pumping in this country at the level. I know that Brian Dee's going to say, well, listen, we're pumping furiously. But you talk to the company. Chevron, Chevron, is, Chevron gave them what they wanted. Well, I mean, Exxon's you know, qualitative commentary last week was that Refinery capacity was taken out 3x the prior uh, physical financial crisis. Right. right, and they still have there's a big refinery for sale, Lando uh, Basil. I look, I do. I think oil's a buy right here. Look, I, yes, yes. You don't, you don't think we crack into the 80s? No, I think I've been saying 90 to 110, 90 to 110. I mean, now the stocks are reflecting cataclysmic, but remember, a lot of these companies report this week, and you may say it's the last bad, last good quarter. I, I don't think that. I, I just don't think that because, in the end, a lot of the oils are insulated themselves uh, above. They just pay these special dividends. Uh, their, their their cost per barrel is incredibly low. Natural gas is in amazing demand. We saw that Australia yep. is trying to put limits on how much they're sending because they don't want to be short themselves. But you can talk yourself into anything well. You can just say, okay, I extrapolate Spain. Well, that look, that's why Citi's at 65 target and Goldman's at 140 target. Yeah, and Jeff Carr is sticking by it. Uh, Jeff Carr's been right. I'm, I'm going with him. Huh? 65 would mean uh, heavy recession. Heavy recession. That would mean in our country's really, this is This sell-off, by the way, is all oil. Which is really rather oh, very much so, uh, and, and including uh, yeah, Devon, Marathon, Halliburton, Apache, EOG, Hess—they're all toward the bottom of the list today. Yeah, uh, uh, and on, on Semi, which is still down five. I just uh, you know I'm going to have to be on that conference call to see what's going on uh, because on Semi's quarter was was beautiful, and you really have to like you know this is one where you have to listen to the conference call because uh, it, it is a great company. And if he says, he's not going to say it, and I'm here, I'm speaking of the CEO, Matt Owen, Mr. Al Corey. Hassan Al Corey is really good. Uh, he's not going to say autos are weak. No one's saying autos are weak. So I don't know where the auto weak story is other than to say gasoline is coming down. So maybe the autos are weaker, and I'm not seeing that. Uh, those are staggering declines. Uh, very much so, yeah. I'm very bullish for. I was going to say, I mean, if you're looking for cooling inflation, Jim, we're going to be reminded next month that CPI is largely about energy. Yes. Period. Food, well, some food. Uh, obviously, and shelter, right. I'm not saying it's. But you know, I think the one to watch is Marriott. Okay, so they report tomorrow. And if Marriott says good things, and I think Tony Capiano is going to say good things, I think we're going to say the consumer's still okay, it's just doing different things, not gaming. Uh, ordering through Amazon or going to uh, Dollar Tree, uh, not buying a lot of apparel, but travel. 
And that's a pretty good scenario for a Boeing, for the airlines, which have not acted well. Southwest, we have a number cut. And not a good scenario, a decent scenario for oil, not great scenario for oil. But I, I, I am... I can't write off oil because there's not enough of it. I still think that matters. Right. It's actually a point that B of A makes in a note because Hilton's quarter was so strong that if the consumer really is still moving to services, big implications for names that are coming our way. You mentioned Marriott, Starbucks, Penn, MGM, Caesar. Starbucks right. is tomorrow. Yeah. Now, really? trips coming up this week. That's going to be Howard. Howard Schultz. And Howard, I'm urging you right now because he watches the show. Come on and tell us about how things have improved. Well, presuming they've improved. Right. And I do think that, like, I, I, one of the things I always thought was kind of amazing was that Starbucks hired in Buffalo someone who was a union organizer as a barista. They actually hired, I mean, I would have checked that resume a little closer. That's a, that's a bad resume to hire for a non-union shop. Union organizer. I mean, I, I once uh, helped a union organize, and I was the worst hire imaginable. So, what I mean, did you do wrong? What did I do wrong? I tried to break, help break a company that ultimately went out of business. That was not great. We all lost our jobs. Yeah. That, that didn't work out. <laughs> um, I Jim, I, I want to turn you to Apple because this four-part um, offering, uh, bond sale to fund buybacks and dividends, is interesting because of their size, but also because they have a reputation for timing the market right. Yes, and this Luca Mischu, who is, I think, so brilliant. I do believe... They are about to become, they're making a big move into finance. And I still think, while Tim Cook told me they're punting on the NFL, I think if they got the NFL contract, that would be unbelievable. So you have finance coming on, and you maybe have the NFL. Uh, in the meantime, you Morgan have Stanley. Hersey, yep, yep. Morgan Stanley. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I shot them an email. I, was, I, had an, I sent them an angry email. No, not really. Reiterating and overweight, right? Oh, but did you read that? That guy is backing away. He is so not Katie Huberty. He's he doesn't like it. His her Katie's replacement Eric? and yeah. coverage. Yes. I, I I was like I was reeling. I was reeling from his negativity. You know, it's basically uh, you know, services okay. Right. Kind of got the Rod Hall Goldman uh, syndrome. No, no, nobody is. No, no. I, but what I did feel was that he's trying to distance himself from the 100% bullish case. Just when I think he should not. Because if China opens up, like Macau, you're going to wish that you stuck with Katie Huberty's rap. Unless Katie Huberty is research director. I boshed it. Maybe, he's, listen, maybe, he gave, maybe she gave him the wink. It's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Look, I happen to love their shop very much. And, but I, I thought that Eric's piece was red, red negative. Yeah. And I was surprised that it was so negative. One, uh, one call we were talking about off-camera this morning is Barclays on cable. Uh, both our own parent, uh, they go to equal weight, they take charter to underweight gym as, they're, as they ponder uh, in the wake of both of those quarters whether or not the foundational trade of cable at this point, uh, broadband, that was a, is being questioned. That was a very um, disconcerting piece for those of us who work for Comcast. Basically said they peaked. Um, and that T-Mobile, everyone's ignoring how aggressive T-Mobile is. And, uh, they made, it was a strong case to sell. Yeah, they're, they're, one of their points is that if T-Mobile's uh, guidance comes to pass, it would be larger than Altice. Yes, and one of the things that, that the, the piece, which was an excellent piece in terms of the rigor, said, look, you have to understand that 
that everyone is in denial. They're in denial of what Verizon's doing, denial especially of what T-Mobile, we had Mike Siebert on. Mike has been basically just going after every single one of them. And uh, I felt when I read that, that they, here's what I think. They have to come up with more things besides just broadband. So the ball's in the court of our network and uh, theme parks. others. Yes, I mean, I look, Disney has theme parks that are jammed. Uh, why doesn't Comcast put a theme park in New Mexico? <laughs> Still trying that. That's sorted rap. It'll be the last thing you do. No, right. I, know. I, I have to go. To, I have to work at Disney to get that happen. But uh, Comcast has to start putting them around the world, maybe. And they have to start in, integrating what they've had in Europe better, other than Wilf coming back and doing, you know, some TV on Friday. I, I that piece was a dagger. It was a dagger, basically saying, you must get out of these. And, I mean, it was so emphatic that the numbers had peaked that really just was, like, very, like I said, very disconcerting. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, uh, a quick dip here at the open, but Dow's uh, off the initial low, down 143. Quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at CNBC.com slash join the club or use the QR code on your screen. It'll take you right there. As for bonds, uh, we'll watch them closely. You did have the two-year yield a little bit lower this morning. Not a ton of Fed speak headed our way, uh, but obviously a big week for macro. ISMs today and Wednesday, the jobs number, uh, along with all of the S&P guidance, we'll get 10 years right around 263. Back in a moment. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here. Live at CMHQ with the first in a series of breaking news on this Monday. The first is our July final read on S&P Global Manufacturing PMI. The mid-month read, well, the mid-month read at 52.3 uh, gets changed by one-tenth down to 52.2. But just as the mid-month read, these are the lowest levels in over two years, well, exactly two years, July of 2020, we're at 50.9. We continue to monitor all that is manufacturing, especially in light of the Inflation Reduction Act, which takes direct aim in the manufacturing. Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. Got some big earnings due out tomorrow morning from Cat. Uh, don't miss our interview with CEO Jim Umpleby, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Jim. We cannot wait. No, that is so good because I think Jim has done a remarkable job in terms of, uh, of really making it so that Cat's no longer up and down. He's got a great dividend policy. Uh, obviously, he's levered to mining, metals, but oil's more important than China. There are, the cross currents are, are a great but. That's going to determine what industrial America looks like. I love Eaton. I think it's good company. Only two work supports, too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's Cat, and it's Umblebee. And to have him is, I'm really thrilled that we have Jim. Because there's, I think Jim is one of the best I've ever seen in industrials. He's kind of changed the model, and we will know where America is after you speak to Humble. Uh, really, it's going to be great. Up 25 bucks in a couple of weeks. He's just money. Yeah. Now, I wish he hadn't run in advance, but he's money. And he's managed this thing the way that a, a non-cyclical manages things. Uh, and I just, I, I tell you, he's more like Darius the Damcheck and Honeywell than he is the old cat, which was a sink or swim, never buy it. it Never buy cat going into recession. With Umblebee, you say, hey, you know what? Wait till you see what they can do when things are good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, meantime, Google CEO Sundar Pichai sending a message to employees. Productivity and focus of the company must improve, he says, as he announces a new initiative called Simplicity Sprint to gather worker feedback on efficiency. He told staffers it's clear we're facing a challenging macro environment with more uncertainty ahead. Um, Jim, on a, on a, in a time where you're getting better cash flow at some old line energy companies than you do, are out of tech. I mean, I look at Alphabet, which has a lot of cash, and look at the other players in the industry. They are subtly just not filling jobs. Engineers leave, and I, the next thing you're going to see, remember, I think it's an inventory glut recession, and the first group of unemployed that really going to get, get thrown out other than the Amazon people are the engineers. They're just not needed. And a lot of these places have kind of just said, you know what, we've been riding it, and uh, we can't do that anymore. We have to tighten our belt. And that's been a sign that things are bad. I take it as a sign of realism. They have just been crazy. They, they felt that they're immune to everything. But Alphabet did have very good numbers on travel and entertainment. I was going to say, remember the days where the knock-on Alphabet was that they were fiscally undisciplined? Right. Now they, we're in an era of hyper-discipline. Yes. Well, it, it, Ruth Porat, whose name is known that was the CFO, she hasn't tolerated. She's been trying to assert this. Now it's really, really happening. Uh, I, I think it's very positive, but obviously people don't want to believe that Alpha can come out of it, but they got to go read the Procter & Gamble call, which I don't think was nearly bad. Chapel Trust owns it, bought some it on Friday. The Procter & Gamble, 50% of their advertising is digital. Now, where's that going? Think it's, think it's going to Twitter? Well, maybe some, I don't know. I mean, Twitter's, you know, we can talk about the cesspool that Twitter is, yeah. but... I think it's going to Amazon. I think it's going to Alphabet. Because yeah. that's when you, you know, when you type, you know, type in Tide, it does. It you know, it doesn't exactly send you to porn. Uh, we try. I tried to get you to sit, look at some of the wrinkles on Proctor Friday. You didn't. You weren't happy. No, no. I just think it. that uh, I told Joe asked a very good question. He's like, did you know the stock would be down a lot? Well, it's down down a lot more than people realize. And, and remember, you're absolutely right that the two to three. You know, they said the last month they lost share, but they can turn. I, I'm totally viewing it. As when I look at the chemicals, they are all coming down. When I read the Dollar Tree story, anything, it looks like there's not a lot of trade down. So they should be in total multiple expansion, like Colgate. Yes. People like Colgate, come on, like Procter. Now, Procter is too good a company to write off, and everybody has decided to write them off. Everybody. In one quarter, people now think that Procter is a a bunch of fools. Yet they had really big single-digit growth. Now, look, I'm not going to fight them. But people who have been spying stocks of big dips have been making very big money here. And Procter Down 9 was, an ad, was one of those things where the traders were saying, listen, I got you an average price of 139 and it went on 138. I'm a genius. That's what they do. They bang it down at the close. But I have to tell you that the, that the idea that Procter's had it is just wrong. Yes. Now, the quarter... There's some things wrong with the quarter, no doubt about it. But I thought that Mueller did a good job on the call. Uh, meantime, you got the Dow down 63 today. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob. Uh, very defensive uh, tone to the market. Speaking of Procter, they're hoping hold up things, but uh, Coke, uh, Merck. So defensive tone. Take a look at the sectors right now. Uh, consumer staples leading. That tells you it's a little bit of a defensive tone for the market here. Uh, tech is flattish. Uh, you see these metals and mining stocks and commodities like energy down. Uh, it's curious to me. I want Carl mentioned Apple. I just want to m- mention that futures drop when we got word of that Apple four-part 
uh, bond deal around just before 8 a.m. Eastern time. And even oil dropped. And I'm not sure they're related. But, you know, remember, the idea here is if you float the deal now when interest rates are low and maybe we're going to be going back up. Apple does have a reputation for knowing what they're doing in terms of the timing for these kinds of bond offerings. So maybe maybe the signals the move in, down in rates is over. I don't know. But we did drop on the futures if we got that word. As for the July rally, you know, 9.1 percent gain in the S&P. There was two things that happened there. The bulls convinced a lot of people that there was going to be a Fed pivot, meaning that the Fed was going to cut interest rates in 2023. And you see all these Fed officials pushing back against this idea last week and over the weekend. Sorry, guys, it's not going to look that way. But nonetheless, the market came to believe that. And how the second part of that rally was why earnings kept holding up so well. The earnings apocalypse, I kept calling it, hasn't really happened. So just take a look where we are here in these sectors. What's rallied from the June 16th bottom is, is largely cyclical sectors that would do better if you do have a, a bit of a pivot. Consumer discretionary has been strong. Technology has been strong. Real estate. And what's been lagging is more defensive sectors like consumer staples. Remember, the S&P is up about 12% since the June 16th bottom here. And big tech has led this whole rally. Apple's been an absolute monster, up 25% since the bottom. Uh, PayPal, NVIDIA, which had a horrible time occasionally uh, for several months, rallied dramatically. So did Microsoft, Micro. When these stocks start moving off of the bottom, you get notable rallies overall. So the big story, other than the Fed pivot idea that bulls have, is the fact that we've been stable in the earnings. So Q2 estimates have actually been going up. They were in the 6% range. Now they're in the 7 What's come down a bit is Q3 and Q4. You see that 7.2 for Q3? That was in the 8s two weeks ago, in the mid-8s. And so is the Q4 numbers was in the mid eight, So they are definitely coming down, but not dramatically. I wouldn't be surprised in the next two weeks if those Q3, Q4 numbers were in the six. But Carl, remember, whenever you have even a mild recession, that's a, in, in vogue that word mild, earnings tend to drop 10 to 20 percent. They don't tend to stay up seven or eight percent. And that's why a lot of people feel that the, at least the flashing from corporate America, the earnings posture still doesn't indicate any kind of recession. Or if it does, a mild one at worst. Carl, back to you. Thanks for that, uh, Bob Pisani, this morning. Jim, what are you going to tackle tonight? Okay, we got uh, Stephen Scherer on Hertz. This is, again, travel is on fire. Uh, we have Agco. Now, they are, will be a good indicator of whether we're going to have a food problem or not because they are premier uh, farm equipment. And then we have Secretary Raimondo, and I think we'll probably talk chips. Huge week last week yeah. for the Secretary. Yeah, it sure was. She's working very hard to try to get jobs. Yeah, that's going to be the next challenge, just actually implementing this new law. It doesn't say solar. They should just add the word solar and get through. Jim, we'll see you. Long week okay. ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah, Monday, but a great week. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, as we go to break, Dow trying to shave away some early losses, down 36. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.